0: I invite you to join with me in the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. As your Holy Spirit spoke to the prophets of old, speak to us now through your word, that by listening to your voice, we too will make a way for your joy to come into the world. Amen. Hear this reading from the Old Testament from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in Him. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me as I open in prayer, please. Divine creator and chief architect of love, peace, joy, and freedom, thank you for trusting me with this privilege. You called and I came. Now God, do only what you can do in me, and through me. Put your super on my natural so that the words that come out of my mouth will be as if I eavesdropped on the conversations between you and the hearers of this message. I love you. We love you. And we're so grateful that you love us more. And all that can and will say Amen. Friends, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. One of my earliest and fondest childhood memories of this time occurred when I was about five years old. It was Christmas Eve and I was staying overnight at my grandma's place when I was awakened by the sound of my mother coming through the door with presents. Now my five-year-old self was instantly confused. Why was mama bringing in presents? Where was Santa? I had questions. Mommy, what are you doing here? Where is Santa Claus? And my mama, not skipping a beat, said, girl, Santa just left. So I dashed to the window, trying to get a glimpse of Santa, looking to see if Santa was in the sky with his reindeer. I looked to the left, I looked to the right, no Santa. Disappointed, I returned to the sofa, which was my bed, whenever I slept over at Grandma's house. Now, I guess my five-year-old self should have known better than to believe that I had actually missed Santa. I mean, after all, Santa is supposed to come down chimneys, but my grandma lived in the Lafitte housing projects in New Orleans. Now, I don't know if you ever lived in the projects or if you've ever been in a housing project, but let me just help you out here. In the words of the late Grammy-nominated Rhythm and Blues singer Sharon Jones of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, there ain't no chimneys in the projects. Ain't no chimneys in the projects. Not none, okay? But be not dismayed, because in the words of the late and great soul singer James Brown, Santa Claus indeed goes straight to the ghetto and that ought to be good news for somebody it was certainly good news for us through the years christmas day was always a joyous day filled with lots of food and family and fun and when i had my own two children i continued some of the traditions that my grandmother and my mother my late grandmother and my mother passed down that made christmas merry and bright yes I have fond memories of Christmas, but I also have painful ones. You see, the last time that I saw my mama was Christmas 2021. And before you draw any conclusions, let me just say that my mother is still alive, thank God. No, I've not seen my mother since 2021 because as it turns out, Christmas traditions were not the only thing that was passed down in my family. Trauma and drama were passed down, too. And unfortunately, a crisis that occurred in my household led to a chasm in my relationship with my mother. And without really getting into the dirty laundry of my family, let me just say this. Hurt people hurt people. Because hurt people are unhealed people. Hear me well. It is almost impossible to have healthy relationships with unhealed people. In fact, you can't even have the word healthy without the word heal because it's the first four letters of that word. Christmas 2021, I had to make a painful decision that has caused me much grief. To stay well meant I had to stay away. For my family. And if my story is any indication, the holiday season is complicated. We know that for some this marks a period of joy and family and celebration. But for others, this is a period of sadness, loss, and grief. And it is this experience of grief that I want to pin for the rest of the time that is mine. Now, grief is a noun that Merriam-Webster defines as deep and poignant distress, a cause of suffering, trouble, an unfortunate outcome or disaster. As a retired mental health therapist, I can also tell you that grief is universal, meaning we all experience grief at some point. Grief is personal, meaning that we all experience it, but none of us experience it the same way. Grief is individual and communal. Sometimes we grieve alone or we grieve as a community. Grief is also biblical. Now, how do you know that, will born Somebody might be asking that. I know that because I read my Bible. You see, the five poems that comprise the book of Lamentations offer us a case study of grief. In Lamentations, we see individual and communal grief because Jerusalem and the temple have been destroyed by the Babylonians. The land was desolated and decimated and death and destruction were all around. And the folks who survived found themselves existing between what systematic theologian Dr. Willie James Jennings calls diaspora and empire. We live in a time now where warfare and siege and famine, death, and destruction are daily news. But for the people we encounter in Lamentations, this was an unprecedented social, political, and religious disaster. And so the text reveals that our faith ancestors did what many of us would do if we experienced the unthinkable, the unbearable, the unimaginable, we try to make sense out of something that don't make no sense. We wrestle with God for answers. Why Lord? Why us? Why me? Why now? How long? But I believe that Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 24 offers us a case study on moving from crisis to opportunity, from despair to hope. And if you will bear with this old therapist-turned-theologian for a second, I believe that this pericope can teach us a few things about moving from morning to mourning. The first thing I think this pericope teaches us is that grief can be complicated because of some of the source of our grief. Sometimes that source of grief is others. The author of Lamentations, believed to be the prophet Jeremiah, tells us that the people were grieving because Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed by the Babylonians. The source of their grief was Babylon. Babylon. But when we look at our own context, we find ourselves grieving because of who's no longer at the table because of death, divorce, dysfunction, disorder, disease, disinterest. We grieve because of someone else or something else. But if we are being honest, And I certainly hope we can be honest here. The source of some of our grief is us. We grieve because of our own choices and actions. And we see in Lamentations chapter 3, Jeremiah is grieving because he attributes the destruction and desolation of Jerusalem to the sins of the people. And just like the folks in Lamentations, We, too, find ourselves wrestling with God to make sense of our grief. I mean, God? I, I, I know I'm not perfect. I, I, I know I don't always listen to the Apostle Paul when he said that I should fix my thoughts on what's good and lovely and pure. And I I, I, I mean, I know that my thoughts about my spouse or my partner or, or my ex or my children, my family are, are are not always good, Lord. And yes, sometimes my colleagues get on my nerves and I don't always bless the people who cut me off in traffic. But... I, I don't deserve this. Mourning is complicated. But I want us to know that sadness is a feeling just like any other feeling. But when sadness impairs and impedes your ability to function optimally or is so deep that it causes suffering and it seems that life is not worth living That is complicated. And I know because I've been there. I have felt like giving up. I have wanted to throw in the towel. Because sometimes the pain is just too much. The stress is too much. The world is too much it can be complicated when you feel you're suffering more than you feel the Holy Spirit. Complicated. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 21 through 24 teaches teaches us that grief is not only complicated, but also a process. You see, you can't go around grief. You have to go through it. To get from mourning to mourning means understanding that grief is a process that is neither linear, circular, nor time-sensitive. It is selfish because it comes when it wants, how it wants, and it stays as long as it wants. Grief is a process. But I think that Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 24 also shows us that our perspective matters. Because when you shift your perspective, you can shift your outlook. And we see it in the text, starting with verse 20. It says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, 21 says, I still dare to hope When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. You see, when Jeremiah shifted his thinking, he remembered the God that he was talking to and the God that he was talking about. Because the God you see is the God you get. Perspective matters. And so if you believe that God is a creator, then you know that no creator creates a creation with the intention of that creation failing. If you believe that God is the chief architect of love, and joy, and peace, then you can take comfort in knowing that love, joy, and peace are part of the divine design for your life. Perspective matters because your thoughts influence your feelings and your feelings influence your behaviors. But the good news is that we don't have a gotcha, scorekeeping, waiting for you to fail God. Our God created us to live life and life more abundantly. And that ought to give us some hope. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 24 reminds us of the power of prayer. Because when we look at chapter 2, verse Verse 20, we see Jeremiah having a conversation with God where he's like, and I'm 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 paraphrasing here, really God? I mean, is this really who you are? A punishing, absent, unconcerned God who is okay with death and destruction and desolation? I mean, is that is that really who you are? No. Nah. I don't know exactly what happened after chapter 2 verse 20 that led to chapter 3 verse 21 because the biblical record doesn't offer that detail. But what I do know is that Jeremiah's earnest and honest prayer in chapter 2 helped him to remember and rest in the hope of the God who is loving, faithful, merciful And present, power is in prayer to get us from morning to morning. And finally, to get from morning to morning, sometimes you can't just pray for help. Sometimes you got to pay for help. Because if you're praying and still suffering, you need to get help. If you are praying and still shadowboxing and the shadow is winning, you need to get some help. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to silently endure. Seek the help of professionally trained mental health practitioners who can teach you strategies to get you from morning to morning. Our God is abundant. Prayer is a strategy, but it is not the only one. To get from morning to morning requires a holistic mind, body, and spirit approach. You love it wellness is holy you cannot live well, love well and serve well if you are unwell your well being matters because when you are well, I am well and when I am well you are well And when we are well, the body of Christ is edified and God is glorified. This is a word from God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.